Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Authors need to sell their books, and in order to sell the books, you have to get in front of more and more and more people. And fortunately, the whole Zoom revolution has made that process so much easier with virtual events. And today, you're going to learn how to use virtual events to sell more books so you can help more people. Hi, I'm Dan Janelle. I'm a book coach, developmental editor and ghostwriter. And no matter where you are in the writing process, I can help you write your book and make it better. Now, let's get started. Today, our guest is Michael Whitehouse. He's the virtual event guy, and he creates virtual events that don't suck. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much. So let's dive right into it. Why should authors do virtual events? And what is a virtual event in today's world? Uh, So virtual event is the easiest stage to get on because back in the old days, you wanted to go on a speaking tour. You had to get on a plane or a bus or a car or a train and travel all around this great nation and various other great nations um, and then go to hotels and stay there and pack and unpack. And it was really expensive. But now virtual events let you travel the world from your office. Uh, so you don't, you know, all that overhead doesn't exist. Virtual events are easier to run because you don't have to rent all this and that. You know, a virtual event, the basic overhead is zero. Uh, you may then have marketing costs and funnels and things like that built around it. But a the simplest virtual event, where you, you need a Zoom, you know, you need a Zoom account and you're good to go. So why should you speak on them? Because it's the easiest way to get in front of audiences uh, and why should you run them? Because the easiest way to get in front of audiences, uh, and and the biggest thing I'll I'll say, you know, people only hear one thing about virtual events. They're easier to run than you think. That you don't need to code anything. You don't need to be a tech wizard. You need, you know, you can run a virtual event with like Facebook and Eventbrite is kind of helpful. There's more advanced tools, but you know, just the basic level. We're talking like Eventbrite and Zoom. Boom, you've got an event. You're ready to go. So don't overcomplicate it. Now, you can always do more. There's always more complexity you can go into. But if you're just like, hey, I got three friends. Let's pitch in together. We'll all support to our, we'll all some, uh, promote it to our audiences and we'll do a, a two-hour panel discussion. Boom, put that on Eventbrite, promote it to your audiences through Facebook, show up on Zoom. You got a virtual event. Okay. And you're reaching more and more people. And mm-hmm. the great thing about appearing on other people's virtual events is that you're leveraging their audiences. Yep. So what's the best way to reach out and find those audiences that matter to you? Uh, so you want to find events that resonate with with you, you know, events that make sense. Um, now, one of the challenges with, with uh, virtual interactive events or summits is that the basic model of what a summit is, is it's a uh, other people's audience joint venture. So joint venture, meaning we work together, we collaborate. Other people's audience means you're talking to other people's audiences, as opposed to a purchased audience like Facebook ads or TV ads or billboards. Uh, it's affordable because everyone's pitching in their own email lists. So they don't need to, you don't have to pay for ads, but you've got to have an audience to bring to the table. If you have no audience, then that's going to be a challenge. Um, but you can use a, a a virtual event to build an audience. Because if you have a particular audience you want to reach, let's say that 
um, you know, women coming out of the workforce and going into entrepreneurship is your target audience. Well, if you find 10 other people who also have that target audience, you build an event, you have all of them promote, you also promote to whatever audience you have, but you're the host, you're, you're hosting the party and all the people together bring it in. And so that's how you can, how you can build a list there. But once you have some list, you see some events like my events, I require my speakers to bring 10 people. I don't need 100 or 200 because to my mind, if you email your massive list, you bring 200 opt-ins, 200 registrations, then they're not necessarily, they, they don't know you. They're people who signed up for your email list at some point for, to get some freebie or something. It's not the, the highest quality people. If you have no list and you reach out to 10 of your friends and you're like, hey, I'm speaking on this event. It's for uh, women who are retiring out of the workforce into entrepreneurship. I think that describes you. Um, it'd be great if you could support me. And I think you're going to get a lot out of it as well. You send that message out and you bring 10 people that way. Those are going to be 10 high quality engaged people. So you don't necessarily need a list, but it's just a matter of finding an event that resonates with you, that that aligns to your audience where your people are going to be and then bring some people with you and if you know anybody you can contact you can bring people with you it's not about having a 10,000 person email list uh and then by being there you're going to get more exposure uh more people are going to know you if you have something set up where with a uh, a freebie or a discovery call or something where they can engage with you further um then you can build an audience that way and and that's one of the key ways to use a virtual event to uh to build your audience Great. So you're on the virtual event, you're doing your presentation. What's the best way to present yourself so that you can sell more books? Uh, so so this is where I get to to this phrase, uh, virtual events that don't suck. So mm-hmm. when I talk about events that suck, I mean events that feel like I'm sitting here watching a YouTube playlist, um, mm-hmm. non-interactive ones. Because at a non-interactive event, it's basically you're recording a video and hoping, you know, like a podcast. Podcasts are great but they take a lot less work than speaking on an event. Um, but if I'm at an event, I want to be able to engage with people. So look for events where there is active engagement. All right, my trademark term for that is awesome virtual interactive events. It's all of my events and any other events I come across that also do this, I certify as awesome virtual interactive events. It's events where it's like being in a room with someone because unless you're a highly polished speaker who can bring people down the path and create the, you know, do the whole, Thing, which is something it takes years to perfect. If you've just got an idea, a book, a program, whatever, and you can get in a conversation with someone, then you can get them to say, oh, that's interesting. I'd love to get on a call and learn more. But you've got to get close enough where they meet you as a person, not just a you know face on a screen. So with those interactive events, what you want to do is, so first off, go to events where you're on Zoom, not events where it's a Facebook Live or events where it's pre-recorded because you can't interact. You know, that's one-way communication. If it's an event that's on Zoom, there's things you can do as a speaker, whether it's highly interactive or not, such as when you start, say, hey, could everyone turn on your cameras? I don't like talking to myself. I feel like a crazy person. Turn on your cameras so I know I'm not talking to an empty room. Um, and then partway through, Ask people, does anyone have a question? Is there anyone I can help you if you have a process that can be done in a couple minutes? Uh, you know, I've got this process. Is there, can I get a volunteer from the audience to do it with and, and have them, you know, come up on mute and actually engage with you? Anything you can do to get an actual human conversation with another human through the internet. This is the mistake a lot of us made. We've gotten virtual and we've become like 
ghosts in the machine. And we forget that Zoom is just a next level telephone. It's just another way to communicate human to human. It's not about, you know, connecting to the, you don't connect to the internet. You connect through the internet. So as a speaker, what you want to do is find ways to connect through the internet to the people who are on there. Um, and also a lot of these events, the to my personal opinion, the better events have breakout rooms. They have networking sessions. Um, a lot of them have a speaker call either before or after. Any place where there is an interactive breakout or networking call or VIP networking session or whatever, be there because that's where you're really going to get your value. You know, it's not it's not about the the hundred people who might watch your video. It's about the four people you might have good conversations with. One of them buys from you. Two of them become joint venture partners, and one of them becomes a mentor. You never know. Um, but it's you you know it won't happen if you don't talk to them. So you've got to find places where you actually get those human interactions through the internet. Yeah, I agree with you completely. It's a, it, having a one-on-one -on -one conversation or conversing with people in the chat. Uh, really opens up so many more opportunities that they get to know, like, and trust you. You get to know them a little bit more. You can set up a conversation afterwards, invite people onto your calendar and have mm -hmm. a conversation. And uh, some people come and they stay and they become clients and some people become advocates and some people, you know, joint venture partners, as you say, and some people just go by the wayside and that's just life. And <laughs> why yep. should that be any different than anything else? Are there any mistakes that people make when they're on virtual events or doing events like these? Any faux pas that say, oh my God, he just lo lost his entire credibility or now he's trying to sell me stuff or what are some of the things we should, that aren't quite obvious that we do- How long do you have? <laughs> um, you, you mean as, as speakers, not as organizers, right? You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so you actually touched on one of them, which is overselling. Mm -hmm. um, there are events where it's appropriate to sell, uh, but not many. You know, if someone's going to to a, a summit, virtual event, something like that, they're not expecting to get pitched. So in, in like my events, it's a 15 minute speaking slot. So you don't have time to build the credibility to make an expensive offer. Now, there's some offers that are that are apparently valuable. So it doesn't feel like you're being pitched something. It feels you're being offered a deal. But unless it's that, you don't want to be, you know, if people have to think about it. Um then, you know, like, for example, if you're offering an hour coaching session for $50, that's a, anyone who knows anything about what coaching costs knows a $50 coaching session. One, they know it's probably going to have a sales pitch at the end, but they also know that normally it would cost more. So, you know, if you can position that, um, so I'm thinking about it, maybe $50 coaching call is in the right end. But so there's some things that are, you know, have apparent value, but if you're not sure, just don't offer something free and you want to draw them in because because the the concept is basically what a funnel is you know funnel and funnel gets a bad name because there's so many inhuman funnels but a funnel is basically you take people from where you have a lot of people and you start to attract their attention and then you narrow it down to people who are more and more and more interested and closer and closer and closer to you so the simplest funnel is a calendly link uh, it's it's getting someone on a discovery call that's a, the one step funnel calendly link to discovery call i guess that's two steps um but have some way that people can engage with you in an easy way. And discovery call isn't always the easiest because while it's free and it's fairly easy, a lot of people are intimidated by it. Not even because they think you're going to pitch them on the call, 
but because they're like, oh, I, I don't know if I really need what he does. And I don't want to waste his time. And and I'm not sure if I'm really in his audience. So people will exclude themselves, even if they are people you want to talk to. But give them some easy way to engage with you uh, and easy way to get into your universe. So that is often, uh, you know, for example, you can get a free copy of my book at, at guyknowsaguy.com. And you put your email address in there, you get a free copy of my book and the and the audio book you also get on my email list. So now you're in my email community. You're going to be getting contacted and you know learning more about me and my story and what I teach and whatnot. And eventually you may get on a call um, or you may end up working with one of my partners or you may come to an event or whatever. But it's all because I gave you something super easy to do that wasn't book a call with me or buy a thing. That's too high a step to go to. So that's one of the biggest mistakes I see uh, is is making the first step too high. Um, And along those lines, this is sort of tangential, so I'll brush on it, but inhuman email sequences. So if you're putting someone on your email list, make sure you're providing value to them. Nobody wants to be on a list that's just pitch, 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 pitch. Um, if they wanted it, they would have bought it already. So mm-hmm. the purpose of the of an email list is people can get to know you better and better over time. Teach them, share stories, share ideas, tell jokes, invite them to events that don't cost anything, that provide them value. Do things that make them say, oh, Michael's giving something to me by me being here. That's pretty cool. I know him better now. Okay, I like him more now because I'm getting more and more from him. Um, don't just pitch. Don't just pitch for your partners. You need value there. The other mistake that I see uh, is is get to the beef. Um, you know, we were talking about this before the show about about bios and how you know the whole bio you read was what's over my head here um, because people don't want it. You know, you don't care how I started. You don't care how I started a game store. You don't care what college I went to. You, you're like, I want the value I came to this video for. Let's get to it. Same thing on an event. I don't care how many kids you have, dogs, boats. I don't care what company you worked for. I don't care how many years of experience you have. Um, in, a, in the modern economy, the number of years of experience is a meaningless number. Because if you tell me you have 20 years of experience, I'm thinking your knowledge is 20 years out of date. You tell me you started your business three years ago. Some people are going to say, oh, you're new. Other people are going to say you're cutting edge. You don't know. So skip over all that. Get to the point and get straight to what I care about. That's why I lead with virtual events that don't suck. Most people have been to virtual events that do suck. So you see that, you're like, oh, I hate virtual events that suck. Tell me about events that don't suck, right? Pulls you right in without knowing anything about me. Get to the point and get to the value you're offering to your client, to your audience. Perfect. Great ideas. Michael, this has been an excellent conversation. Tell us, who is your ideal client and how can they get in touch with you? Uh, my ideal client is someone who can benefit from getting in front of an audience of 20 to 50 highly aligned people paying attention to them. Um, so this is often, uh, you know, coaches, experts, trainers, people like that. And they can get in touch with me by going to this website here, summits.fun, which anyone who wants to learn about my events go there as well. There's a big green button at the top of the page that says book a call with me. And so if you go to summits.fun, you click the big green button. Uh, it's an oval. Some people don't realize it's a button. Click on that, get on my calendar. Let's talk and see how I can get you on an awesome virtual interactive summit that most, uh, sorry, awesome virtual interactive event that most certainly does not suck. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you for being with us today. And thanks everyone for joining us on our podcast. We have more than 175 other videos on this YouTube channel that can help you write your book in a flash. 
check them out. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.